You're listening to Midweek Starters. I'm Will Scarborough, joined by Shane Waller, Turner Ennis, and Dallas Austin. We have for you today a NASCAR update, a little uh, NHL update, and our game picks for the weekend. And uh, we'll start it off with Dallas. Big weekend and getting down to the wire now in uh, the cup chase, right? Yes. So... Um, next week will be the last playoff race for 2021. Um, and then the race after that will be the championship race. So really only two races left in this season. Uh, but this weekend was the Hollywood Casino 400 at Kansas Speedway. Um, it was won by Kyle Larson. Chase Elliott came in second and Kevin Harvick came in third. So there's that Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, uh, rivalry. Uh, but they played nice on the track and didn't wreck each other and each came home fairly well. Uh, something to note on Kyle Larson, this is his third straight win. So he won at the um, Charlotte Roval, he won in Texas, and now he has won at Kansas. And he did this earlier this year where he went on a streak of three wins. And so he's, it's the first time that a driver has gone on two, three win streaks in a season since like the 70s or 80s when Dale Earnhardt Sr. did it. So something very neat for him in his um his career looking at the points uh Kyle Larson obviously at the top with those two wins he's into the championship four in Phoenix so he can you know do whatever he wants to do next weekend and just uh um, ride around but I believe he'll probably try to win that race knowing the the racer that he is Chase Elliott's in second Denny Hamlin third and Kyle Busch is in fourth in the, the playoffs right now on the bubble and those that might be eliminated um, are Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr., Brad Keselowski, and Joey Logano. So that's kind of where the points sit right here. And something crazy at Kansas was huge point swings. Um, so Ryan Blaney was positive, like 32 points going into Kansas. Um, and leaving Kansas, he had some some trouble. He's now one point below the cutoff. So um, a lot's riding on this last race. Joey Logano, who's at the bottom of the points, is 26 down. Probably going to have to take a win for him to make it in. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to make up that many points in one race, especially at Martinsville. So uh, he's going to be going after it. Everyone else, I think, is chasing points rather than the finish. Obviously, if you're up there at the front at the end, winning your end. But looking at the point situation, a lot of guys are just going to be driving for points. Since Kyle Larson has two of the three wins in this playoff state in the um this round of the playoffs that opens up another spot for a driver to come in on points so um points is a big thing for for martinsville and like i touched on it martinsville the xfinity 500 on sunday at martinsville the little paper clip on uh, nbc like i said it'll be the last race of the playoffs and the championship four will be set then uh, martinsville is a short track only like a half mile um, a lot of um, beating and banging between cars, rubbing is racing, tempers flare at short tracks, people get pissed, people put people up in the wall. So it should be a, a pretty good show on Sunday um, to see who will make it into the, the championship for. So how does winning three in a row bode for actually winning the cup? Because NASCAR, NASCAR drivers don't win with the regularity that say uh, like a football team that's better than the other football team would win like four out of five times has, has he kind of 
shot his shot a little early? I would say yes, except for the fact that he keeps winning. So, um, you know, in, in NASCAR, the fact that he's won three straight doesn't mean anything. When he, All it means is he goes to Phoenix and he's in the championship four. Once he's in Phoenix, if he crashes out and finishes dead last in the in the race, he's not your champion. It's whoever has the best finish in Phoenix is your champion. So it's great that he's running well at these tracks. He's doing very good. That builds a lot of momentum in your team and you know helps the morale of your guys. But it all comes down to that last race, and that's kind of something interesting about NASCAR is, yeah, you, can ha- you could win, theoretically, every race to Phoenix. But at Phoenix, if you finish last, don't matter. If you finish second, but another playoff contender finishes first, you're not the champion. It doesn't matter. Points are out the window. Wins are out the window. The only thing that matters in Phoenix is who finishes the highest of the championship four, and that's your champion. But I do think that winning three in a row, especially doing it twice in one season, I think he's on to nine wins plus the all-star race. So technically, you know, nine points events and one just, I guess, general show win. He's firing on all cylinders, so... I mean, he's got the momentum, which I think is a a big thing in NASCAR. So he's still my pick to be the champion, even though I'm a Chase Elliott fan. I I just don't see Chase being able to to beat Kyle there in Phoenix. I I think you answered this, but just to say it a different way, you don't get any – even if he's like in first and the guy who's in second, he gets no like points – like a like in golf for the last tournament, it's whoever wins the tournament. But if you're in first, you get like a stroke advantage versus everybody else. Like you don't get that at at Phoenix. It's just straight up start of the race, where you qualify, and then where you finish is how you out of the top four is how you finish the season from championship standpoint. Yes, the so you still have to qualify too. Well, no. So qualifying right now is set by a computer program that takes into account your point standings, which helps him placement in the last race which helps him because he was first so he's probably going to be on the pole in martinsville which is somewhere you want to be you don't want to be back in the the pack there um so those things do help him in pole in qualifying but you know we've seen the leader of a race get wrecked before it's happened so being up front isn't a, a guarantee plus there's i don't know how many laps in phoenix that they're going to have to go through but yeah once once they drop the green flag at Phoenix, points no longer matter. Nothing matters but who finishes the highest. Regardless of how many points they had, they could be 3 million points below, but if they're in the championship four, they're going to be the highest finisher on that track, and that will be your NASCAR champion for 2021. Look forward to it. Maybe we'll get Absolutely. a little more Harvick Elliott drama on the uh, Lord. short track. I, I hope not. Chase just needs to keep his nose clean. Needs to come home with a good finish, get his points, go to the championship four, and try to win at Phoenix. And uh, raise hail and praise Dale. There you go. From NASCAR, moving on into hockey. Uh, season getting underway, but we did have the a historic moment for hockey. Well, actually, several historic moments. We did have a dueling hat trick game, but we also had the very first game played at Climate Pledge Arena for the Seattle Kraken. And I watched part of it because I said I'm going to do hockey this year. 
I have to say, very impressed. Incredible atmosphere at Climate Pleasure Arena, also known as the Crack House, which I'm also a big fan. Just A-plus nickname there, A-plus mascot. The first thing the broadcaster said when uh, it, it went on the air was, and already they have the best sweaters and home sweaters in hockey, which I tend to agree with. Has anyone seen Cuddles? I've tried to Google a picture of Cuddles, and I just cannot find it. So I'm wanting yes. to see this mascot. I have yet to see Cuddles, too. I don't, I don't know how much they're using him at the moment, but he was, he was debuted with Gritty okay. in Philadelphia. What does, if you could, just, could you describe Cuddles for us? He's basically he, he looks. I, I think in some of the promos and some of the highlights, you saw people walking around with like the Kraken on their head. He's basically that in a full uniform, but it's all kind of stemming from like right. In this area, it's not like the the uniform itself is a or the mascot deal is a like cracking around the feet. So it's, it's a little a awkward. Man, looking. A man with a kraken on his head, basically. Interesting. Basically, Cra- a kraken. So, and and sorry, I, I had checked out for just a second there. It, it's the Braves are doing Braves things. So yeah, I. I'm worried for Dansby's finger. He took a a bad read and hit him, popped him right in the... Anyway. A lot of ball left to be played there. Go Braves. I think everyone's just enamored with Seattle's jerseys because they're new. I mean, as someone who has not done hockey before, new, new to the whole hockey experience, when I pick a team to support, jerseys is going to be an important factor because I don't want to like a team and have to wear an ugly jersey. Like if I if I was born in a city that had a team with an ugly jersey, I'd just be shit out of luck. But I get to choose, so I'm I'm not picking an ugly sweater. And I do have to say, Seattle's jerseys are straight fire. They wanted to be Vegas. They wanted to get everybody enamored immediately, and they have, and they've done a very good job with that. And there's a lot to be said in general about good hockey jerseys. There, there have been several articles since since the start of the season over do other teams need to update their jerseys? It, it's not a new it's not a new thought process. Well, Will's I one one question I had for you before we get into just kind of some generic how things are going early way too early in the league right now what what teams are you what is on your short list okay so far the short list obviously I'm, seattle obviously seattle because they're new i'm new nice sweaters not gonna lie during a short break i was showing a picture of cuddles the kraken and like kind of nightmare fuel so I'm not I'm not fully uh, that's that's definitely a uh, a detriment to their so chances. The, the story there they're they're going for the weird gritty factor. Gritty being the the Philadelphia Flyers mascot. Yeah, um, the the other teams on my list. Uh, obviously, I want to go see these teams play. So I'm looking at where some of y'all live so I can visit and we can watch hockey. I'm looking at 
the Stars down in Dallas. I'm looking at uh, the Caps. Um, obviously, both good good teams, uh, good clubs. They probably going to win a lot more games than the Kraken, so that's that's a positive there. Uh, the Stars, Sweaters, eh. Caps, Sweaters, pretty good. Also looking at uh, just where like some good young players are that would be fun to watch as my hockey career grows, and I think they got uh, some like 18-year-old kid uh, on the Red Wings, got a hat trick the other night that's going to be really good. Be careful early on with some of those younger players. Do they bounce? In terms they of contract, a lot. I mean, generally no. And like Ovechkin has been with the Capitals since the start of his career, but sometimes you see in some situation, depending on teams' cap spaces, if and how and who else may be on the team, you could see them traded. Right. And it's the Red Wings traditionally are not the end all be all of hockey. But but clean jerseys, to be fair, very clean jerseys. Um, yes. Also, what team uh, was that exactly? The Detroit Red Wings, um, and uh, New York Rangers have off to a hot start. Don't know if they'll keep it up. Um, I've seen uh, Shane booing, which is automatically a credit that I can have a rivalry with Shane. And also very, very nice. Their white jerseys, uh, not the best, but definitely something that you you could wear out and you wouldn't look like a weirdo. Past that, I, I think that that's as far as I've that's as far as I've gotten. A lot of other sports going on. I'll continue to check out other teams, but those are what was it five? I think that's my my starting list of five. We'll weed out some, and when we cut one, we'll slide another team into prospect. So, and to be clear, the Rangers are not a full-on rival. That would be Pittsburgh. But, still, boo. And apparently it's a great time for me to get into hockey, too, because there's been been more scoring at the start of this year than in recent years. This has been a heavy score year already. Um, it, it, It eerily reminds me of 2019, 2018. The start of the 2018-19 season, there was some heavy scoring at the get-go. Caps were in that boat. We scored, outscored our opponents like three to one. I mean, in the first four games, it was 17, 18 netted goals, which is a that's a lot of that's a lot of goals. We also fizzled out that season hard. That's why. That's why. That's why it eerily reminds me. One other big thing about this year or this season is you're seeing a lot. I think for a lot of teams, you're going to see some interesting starts. A lot of these teams have not played each other in over a year because of COVID. You had division shakeups because you know you've got a majority of team. You got teams spread in both the U.S. and Canada, and because of Canada's rules, you could not travel across the border. So. It's going to be interesting with some when when you start when regular matchups and regular rivalries kind of cross country rivalries start back up again. It's going to be or really get rolling. You're going to see some. I think it's going to be an interesting year in that regard. A few fireworks here and there. It's going to make for a. I think it's going to make for a good season. Yeah, I need to see how the Kraken fight before I can fully evaluate them. Well, the Kraken, the Kraken are in that weird position where. There is no established rivalry. I, I mean, they'll be the Canucks. They'll be, and 
it will be a division it'll be a division team so it's just going to be it's it's going to be it's going to be fun to watch in that regard if you know if you're getting into hockey uh, not just I would say come to one of the, come come to my side but be it be a fun year to be a, a Kraken fan cuz you get or a couple years at least you're not I don't think they're going to win the cup I've said that already but you get to learn you get to learn a little bit of the sport and you get to learn you know you, you the team gets to pick who they want to be their rival, basically. Uh, well, well, we'll keep a weather eye on that. All right, let's get into our football picks this week. We'll do some NFL talk. We'll do, I guess we'll do some fantasy football, or some hits and misses, and then we'll finish up with uh, the college football season as it gets to that really interesting time of the year. With, uh, our NFL picks, uh, first up the Thursday night game, uh, Cardinals and taking on Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. So I've been sticking with the Cardinals so far. I got Kyler Murray as my starting quarterback, and uh, Chase Edmonds as one of my running backs. Um, so just out of the will of wanting to win and see them do well, I'm gonna go with the Cards. Yeah, I'll take the Cards as well. I mean, this game was a lot more interesting to me when particularly Adams, but now it's been announced that Lazard's also on the COVID list today, so you're going to lose your best receiver. And Alan Lazard, you're probably your second-best receiver. So two best receivers out for Packers. I'll take the Cardinals. Uh, I, too, will go with the Cardinals for that reason. Uh, I think I think it will be a, a great day if you like pass-catching running backs. Uh, but Cardinals win. Well, Cardinals. 100% the Cardinals. All right. Uh, next up, we've got uh, the Cowboys uh, taking on the Vikings. Uh, coming off a of bye week, Dak banged up a little bit. Uh, still listed as questionable, but everyone seems to think he's going to play. What are we thinking? I'll take the Cowboys here. So, I mean, I think this is a critical game. I do think this is a critical game for them. Coming off a bye, you should always kind of get that extra week to prepare, and you would expect your team to play well. Um, Also, it's like a Sunday night primetime game. So, I mean, I think they'll have the attention and the spotlight on them, which hopefully they're able to uh, capitalize on that and not wilt under the pressure. So, I think it'll kind of go towards seeing how they're going to perform as the year goes on. Um, but I definitely I'm going to take the Cowboys and say that they'll pull it through. I think I mean Dak's had a week and a half to heal. I mean I know he's still technically listed listed as questionable, but I think he's good to go. If I did not pick the Cowboys, I would be ousted of my current city. Um, I, I still think they've got a, a really good team, a great defense this year. Um, the Vikings they haven't done anything to really impress me, uh, so I'm going to go with the the Cowboys. I'm not I'm not sure you'd be ousted. I just think you'd get a lot of dirty looks. But I also have picked against my team on multiple occasions this year. So, But I, too, am going to take old Dallas as much as it pains me every time to pick Dallas and that Dak is there, but Dallas. Yeah, I think the Cowboys definitely should get it done. I think they're definitely the better team. I'll go ahead and pick them. Uh, I am concerned that this may be a little bit of a trap game for them uh, just because they've been rolling along. They're, they've had a week off, and they've had Dak kind of banged up a little bit. 
and uh, Minnesota's also getting, like, Cook back. Minnesota's a dangerous, bad team, and it is the Cowboys, but I'm still going to pick them. All right, up next we can do let's, – let's do – let's save the uh, Monday night game for last, and we'll go ahead and we'll get into uh, – let's talk about Jacksonville and Seattle because this – this could be very important to me as a Jets fan because um, I'm, I'm really excited for the chance that Urban Meyer has somebody that he might be able to beat this week. I'm glad that you think that Urban Meyer has somebody he can beat. Um, Seattle has had it rough with uh, Russell Wilson out. I get that. I understand that. Geno Smith, you know, hasn't been all that great. Um and, and last week's game was against the Saints was very interesting, to say the least. But I still do think that the Seattle will, will find a way to beat Jacksonville. I'm going with Seattle. I I tend to agree with Dallas. I'm still not sold on anything in Jacksonville other than they should move to London. I think Seattle. Yeah, the game's also in Seattle, so the Jaguars are going to go all the way across the country. I agree with everybody else that the Seahawks are struggling, but I don't think they're struggling that much. I think they still beat the Jaguars. I'm going to take this as my upset pick, uh, mainly because I would like for the Jaguars to get that second win and ensure the Jets get that first-round draft pick again. So they um, can get another quarterback? No, we'll get in. We'll 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 sidebar into Jets quarterbacks. Don't worry, but <laughs> but I I think that well I'll start with Jets quarterbacks now. Geno Smith ain't it. Um, what? A, no, no. A lot of, no way. He's he's not a Jets quarterback. Come what? on. He he is from the quarterback factory that is the Jets. And uh, he was one of the—he was another one of those very talented quarterbacks that we developed, and now he's capable of throwing miracle eighty-four-yard touchdowns to DK Metcalf. And if you take that away, it was really not a good night. I don't think you're gonna get another just insane miracle. Somehow get it to your guy, and he breaks seven hundred tackles uh, scoring from Geno. And Seahawks defense isn't good this year, so I think that if there's an opportunity for Urban Meyer, we know Urban Meyer can take advantage of an opportunity. Um, I, I think Danny he's going to be part. I think he's going to be partying in the bar district in Seattle this weekend. So I'm going to take. Uh, I'll take the Jags. All right. Do we want to do Bears 49ers? Another just barn burner of a matchup, but like hard to I call am- game. I am so excited about this matchup. I mean, they are the best teams in the NFL. We're not on our list at all, you know, previously of teams who, uh, you know, just ain't, ain't got it. I'm just so excited. So can't wait to watch this game. With that being said, I do think the 49ers are going to win, though. You go back to previous conversations on the Bears. The Bears just, they don't have it. They don't have it. I agree. The Bears are terrible. I'm going to take the 49ers. 
I don't think the 49ers are great this year, but they're better than they've looked so far this season. I think they kind of take this opportunity to improve a little bit, kind of like a get-right game for them. And uh, who better to do it against than a team that can't seem to score points no matter how hard they try. Yeah, talking about the Chicago scoring points, they've only scored 14.4 average points per game. And we're through, what, week seven of the NFL season? Um, so I don't think things are going to look up for Chicago anytime soon. Uh, I do wish them all the best, but I do believe that the the 49ers will, will bounce back this weekend and get a win. I agree. I think the 49ers do pull through. They kind of had their bad game uh, against the Colts. Let them beat them. So I, I don't think they have it two in a row. All right, we'll get into the Monday night game. Giants and Chiefs, the Giants have a new secret weapon at receiver. Shades of Odell Beckham. I'm, of course, talking about Danny Dimes. Who would have thought he could be their best running back and receiver? And still not their best quarterback. And still not their best quarterback. They may have been trying something new out there. Oh, I'm struggling a little with this one. Only because, I mean, we all know how awful the Chiefs' defense has been. And also, is Mahomes, Mahomes is still in concussion protocol, isn't he? No? no? No. So they said they announced after the game that he cleared the protocol and technically could have went back in, I think. But then oh, because okay. they were getting beat so bad and because it was so close call, they just said, like, enough is enough. Yeah, I missed that. I missed I missed a lot from Sunday and it was So like the opposite day. of the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with the Mahomes, I think that changes the factors a little. But there's still I think I think this one's gonna be closer than you would expect it to be, or anyone would expect it to be. But I think the Chiefs squeak it out. I'm not gonna say they win, that they squeak it out. I think the Chiefs win here. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is terrible. New York will score more points than they should. I'm not arguing either one of those points. And the Chiefs haven't looked great. But I just i am not ready to say that the Chiefs are going to get beat by the New York football giants yet. Um, so I'll definitely take the Chiefs. I still think they have enough offense to do what they need to do overcome their defense and get the win especially in a primetime game yeah i think this game is in arrowhead so a home game for um the chiefs i've been there their fans are relentless a borderline crazy so i think that will have something to do if they can keep the rain away this week um and i think kansas city will will win uh i don't think it'll be a a blowout, but I think they will score more points than the other team. I th- I think the Chiefs are going to beat them pretty good. I know we've all been saying oh, it's going to be a close game, but if you look at the newfound receiving talent of Danny Dimes, the Giants have started throwing their entire playbook at teams, clearly. I don't know how many weeks in a row you throw your entire playbook at a team, at, at, at whatever team you're playing, and it continues to show benefits. So I, I think that 
they can't keep it up for two weeks in a row of of creating offense in unique ways. So I think the Chiefs are actually going to have like a get-right game. And to Wilson's point, I mean, it was pretty surprising to me, but I actually looked at the Vegas line, and Kansas City's favored by 10 points, which in a pro game's a lot of points. So I think uh, Vegas would tend to agree with Wills on this one. All right, and moving into college football pickums. First up, we have Ole Miss Auburn. I really think Ole Miss is going to win this one. Watching them, watching them last weekend, and just and I realize it's LSU, but just generally watching them this season, and going back to our predictions, I, I really think I think there's a chance they don't lose another game. They're a very good football team. And I don't think, and we've talked about, I wouldn't put my faith in Bo Nix, period. I really think, I think Auburn is a little overrated. I think Ole Miss wins. They've also burned me once before this year, so. If I wrote down the stat right, which is completely possible that I did or did not, uh, I'm looking at Auburn's defense only allowing 19.7 points a game, so that's good for them, but I think Ole Miss is going to find a way around that. They're, I mean, they've got an absolutely explosive offense. I hate to say it, but I think the um, the University of Mississippi will win this ball game. I agree that Ole Miss is really good. Um, it's just at Auburn, and this just feels like a game that like Auburn wins, like one of those like they shouldn't win. They're playing against a, a team that I feel like is better. I 100% agree that Ole Miss is better. But it, it's at Auburn. Technically, Auburn's favored in Vegas, which is surprising to me. I think I'm going to think I'm gonna take Auburn here. This is going to be my upset pick for the week. That Jordan Hare Magic, I think, pulls it through for him one more time. And Bo Nix does something crazy, stupid at the end, runs around and chucks it up and somebody goes and catches it. I'm going to go Auburn here. I think there's a lot of merit to Turner's point in that this is going to be, I think, the most important game of the year that no one realizes is the most important game of the year because I think it's going to set up more things towards the end of this season than people realize. If Ole Miss goes in there and loses, you have an Auburn team that is re-energized, that's beat a top 10 team, that gets to play Alabama at home in their rivalry game. Um, You also have uh, Ole Miss that is then two losses, that already has a loss to Alabama, that's just, they're done. They're they're playing a good bowl game, but their season's done. If Ole Miss goes in and breaks Auburn, I mean, wins by two or three scores, as they're perfectly capable of, I believe. It just breaks Auburn. I don't think Auburn – I think Auburn's kind of out there. They're three or four losses. I don't think they're quite as fired up at the end of their season. I think that you end up sending Alabama to the meat grinder that is Georgia, and then that is Ole Miss's best chance to possibly make – 
any hope of the playoff is that Alabama goes and gets to beat Georgia because if Ole Miss beats Auburn, lets Auburn play them a really good game, lets Auburn feel still pretty good about themselves, and then lo and behold, they upset Alabama, then Ole Miss has to go to the meat grinder this Georgia and their their chances are done. So I think if you're Ole Miss, your goal is to hang as many freaking points on Auburn as you can this week because it's a game that I think is going to be meaningful uh, down the stretch. So Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, not to agree with Wills, but like looking at the schedules, right? I mean, if Ole Miss wins this week, they still have A&M, but outside A&M, I mean, State's always a toss-up, but like they have the other two games are Liberty and Vandy, so they could very easily finish the season with one loss and argue they should be in the playoff. And then, by the same token, Auburn's one of Auburn's losses is out of conference, so they only have one SEC loss right now. If they can beat Ole Miss, they can they still control their destiny to the SEC championship and to get a rematch with Georgia to get beat again. But at the same time destroy Alabama season, which is always their goal. So, it's actually a more interesting game from uh, uh, rest of the season implications than I realized. But, uh... All right, another rest of the season implication type game, uh, Penn State and Ohio State facing off this week. So, looking at it, it's a top uh, – Penn's ranked 20th, Ohio State's ranked 5th. Uh, I think it's definitely going to be a, a battle of the defenses – uh, and if Penn State's offense can get it going, I think they've only been averaging like 26.6 points a game. Um, games in Ohio. Uh, so I, I think that Ohio State's uh, defense will contain Penn State, and I'm going to go with the Buckeyes for the win. Yeah, I'll also take the Buckeyes. Uh, I think at one point during the season, Penn State was good enough to beat them, but I think your your Penn State quarterback is still clearly – banged up a little, uh, just the way he played in those overtimes last week, and I, I don't think that they any longer have the sauce to, to beat a team like Ohio State. Yeah, also I think Ohio State's one of those teams that started out really slow and has looked a lot better the last couple of weeks as some of their younger players, particularly their quarterback, have developed. So I'll take Ohio State as well. As much as one hates to do it, Ohio State. All right, so a sweep for Ohio State, and we'll go into that matchup that everyone really thinks is going to be a barn burner of a game, Georgia and Florida. Yeah. Where um, are you hearing that it's going to be a barn burner? That was sarcasm. Uh, I was going to say, it's going to be a Florida dumpster fire. It was Dan Mullen's press release that I read. I'll tell you, that Florida is such – oh, hell no, Georgia. Has it, Everybody's watched Georgia play it this year, right? Yes. But this is the cocktail Georgia. party. They're in, they're in Jacksonville. They're sipping on you know, sex on the beaches and other cosmopolitans, all these cool drinks, so who knows? Yes, because the state of Florida is producing such great football right now. I mean – Georgia. Yeah. Well, you're you're free to your opinion. If you'd let me talk, please, I'd appreciate it. But anyway, there um, it's the cocktail party down there in Jacksonville. 
So who knows what's going to happen? Uh, a, a neutral site, like I had already mentioned, some some uh, sex on the beaches and cosmopolitans flowing. Who knows? Maybe Florida will show up, but I don't think they will. I think it's going to be a dumpster fire for them, and I agree with Shane. George is going to pull out a, a pretty big win here. Yeah, this is like the uh, like last dying gasp of the rest of the SEC East. Like the the last like hell like this Florida is the hail mary to trip up Georgia and I it, no no prayer. Yeah, it's a hail mary, here. but it has no prayer. <laughs> yeah, I mean same here. I think Georgia's just too good. I mean that's the bottom line, and I mean Florida's one hopes to run the ball and play a little bit of ball control. Georgia's defense is just too good to do that against. Uh, I've got Georgia here by a long shot. All right, and we'll wrap it up with an actual good matchup, uh, Michigan and Michigan State. So, <clears throat> excuse me, Michigan's ranked six, Michigan State ranked eighth. So, obviously going to be, a, I think, a very good game, um, an in-state rivalry. Um, the game was so close that I couldn't pick. So I did a a coin flip, and two out of three times, the virtual coin on Google picked Michigan. So that will be my pick for this week. I have. I'll take. Don't go ahead. I'll take Michigan here as well. Uh, I do really like what Michigan State has done as a team this year. I like how Mel Tucker has them playing. I think Michigan just edges them in a close one, though. Like Michigan State's maybe just not quite ready for this moment yet, so I'll take uh, Michigan in this one. I have no idea, but just based off of small bits and pieces that I have seen, Michigan. I'll uh, I'll sail out to the island on this one. These are two teams that absolutely hate each other. Two programs that absolutely hate each other. Uh, two coaches that absolutely hate each other. Both playing very well, both undefeated. Obviously the game of the week. I think that Michigan, they choke every year. At, at some point, they're always supposed to be good. You know, Harbaugh was supposed to be just the savior of Michigan, and it's been very mediocre. He hasn't. He loses to Michigan State a lot. It's one of the big complaints. Uh, so I think that... If there's a stumbling block for Michigan this year, I think it is this game right here. It'll be one they should win, but they'll lose. I'm going to take Michigan State. All right. Any any other picks we want to snag, or are we good? Well, other than we're going to get our ass kicked by Kentucky. Yes. we're. K- Kentucky has been the most jobbed team this year simply because they're in the SEC East. They probably played Georgia the best game of anybody we've seen so far. I'm sure Bama will probably end up playing them a better game should they get to the SEC championship. But outside of that, I mean, Kentucky's looked the best against them, but they'll never have any shot of making the, the playoff for as, as the, that fourth team because they've already lost to Georgia. Agreed. Also, just like the Nate the name brand right like they're not they didn't right. come into like it shouldn't matter but it does like the fact they didn't come into the season being considered a really great program hurts them but people at the end of the season people look at one of those teams this has been 
midweek starters. Be sure to check us out on our socials at Starters Pod, and have a nice day.